Welcome to the Locked On Titans podcast. I am your host, Tyler Rowland. Titans fans, there has been a wave of positivity recently on the sports front. Obviously, don't want to diminish all of the issues that we are still facing, but when you look at the American sports world, we have got a lot of optimism and a lot of things to look forward to. First, the NBA reported zero new coronavirus cases after their first couple of weeks in the bubble, and we're expected to see some NBA games here in the coming weeks. The MLB is set to start playing games here at the end of the week, and on Monday, we got more positive developments in regards to the negotiations taking place between the players and the league and how training camp will work in terms of COVID-19 testing, the actual procedure that will be put into place. We got some information over the weekend, but we got even more on Monday. NFL Network's Tom Pelissero has been all over this the entire time, updating everyone on the negotiations, and we got more developments, and he gave more updates on those agreements between the league and the Players Association. So I want to talk to you guys about those big developments because what they mean is we are going to get training camp on time a week from today. So really excited to talk about the procedure that's going to be put into place, the schedule for the players when they arrive and how things are going to go for the first few weeks of camp, including another update on the constantly debated pre-season schedule. So excited to talk to you guys about that. We have positive news all over the sports landscape. And then we are a week away from training camp, so it's time to get into another clash of the Titans, a training camp position battle. And today we are going to look at the fourth wide receiver spot. So talk about not only the roster spot, but the role, really. We're talking about who is going to replace the Tajay Sharp role, not necessarily who is just the fourth wide receiver on the roster. So I'll talk about the differences between those two points and those two aspects when we get into that clash of the Titans. Of course, we are going to be doing a duh, maybe, and WTF options for that role. So really excited to talk about that battle with training camp a week away. And then, as I always do on this podcast, I am going to give love to the queen, to mom, Amy Adams-Strunk. She just continues to develop this franchise. We'll talk a little bit more about that to round out today's show. So really excited to bring you a bunch of optimism, a bunch of positivity, Titans football right around the corner, more developments about training camp, a big battle for a big-time role in the Titans offense, and showing love to mom. Let's get it. Additional updates on Monday from NFL Network's Tom Pelissero about some of the remaining issues the NFL Players Association and the league had been negotiating as we head into training camp. And one of the major things that the NFL and its players were still discussing is the frequency of COVID-19 testing, especially at the beginning of camp. And we got reports from Pelissero on Monday that the NFL and the Players Association have agreed to daily COVID-19 testing 
for the first two weeks of training camp. After the first two weeks, the clubs individually are going to look at their positivity rates among their players. If the rate of positive test drops below 5%, then players will move to testing every other day. Now, this does not take into account the initial arrival of the players, which is going to have two COVID-19 tests per player in the first 72 hours of training camp. So essentially, players will show up on day one. They will take a COVID-19 test and hopefully have the results back within 24 hours. Hopefully also, those results are negative. Then there will be two days where the player is engaged in virtual team activities similar to what we saw with the virtual offseason program to get them information headed into training camp. And then on day four, the player will take a second COVID-19 test, the nasal probe and if that comes back as negative as well then on the fifth day the player can finally enter the team facility and begin actual training camp work and that is going to be the procedure for all teams including the Tennessee Titans and one reason that this is such an important step is because the COVID-19 testing portion of negotiations was the seventh of seven major health and safety protocols that needed to be agreed upon the issues that are still remaining between the league and its players are economics at this moment in time. How the NFL will deal with the salary cap lessening next year, the obvious loss in revenue that the NFL is going to see this year, how they're going to be able to spread that out, how that's going to impact the players not only this year but next year and going forward, how that will impact the owners and how they operate going forward as well. So it seems that right now is the one thing that hasn't been agreed upon. But one thing about the economics being the last thing that hasn't been ironed out is you don't need that to be ironed out right now to get players in the building and start doing training camp. And another thing to take into account here specifically for the Tennessee Titans is it appears that physicals will be something that'll be able to take place as soon as August the 1st. And the Titans are currently waiting on the opportunity to have certain players like a Jadavian Clowney or a Steven Gostkowski come into the building and receive a physical as part of their approach and their recruitment of those players in free agencies. And then Finally, the last thing that we are hearing is the NFL has actually extended an offer to the Players Association that includes zero preseason games. So it's been obvious from the players and their social media protest using hashtag we want to play over the last few days that players do not want to take the risk of playing preseason games. One, players don't get paid for preseason games and they'd be taking all the risk in terms of interacting with another team and possibly teams could look to have a dry run for the regular season and have a limited amount of fans there to see how those game day operations would take place and the players would be at incredible risk playing in preseason season games with none of the reward from actually getting paid. So that's something that the players didn't want. And it seems like the NFL will actually accommodate that request. Now on the other side of that, that's definitely going to hurt some lower end of the roster guys, undrafted free agents, veterans who are on the bubble of making rosters. It's going to hurt those guys opportunity to put tape out there and actually make a roster. This will probably have general managers going with chalk, the, the likely answer what most people are expecting going with the favorites to make the roster rather than taking a chance on a lesser known guy who won't have the opportunity to prove his worth without the preseason games and without some of the on-field work that you would typically get in a normal offseason but those are the sacrifices that have to be made at this time another thing to take into account is something that I just mentioned previously and that is a preseason game for each team in the NFL a home preseason game would give them the opportunity to do a dry run to do a test run for what game 
games will look like in the regular season when limited fans are able to attend in certain cities. So they won't have the opportunity to do that either. So there are pros and cons to not having any preseason games, but it appears that the NFL is doing its best to acquiesce to some of the players' demands so that they can have training camps start on time. And when training camp does kick off, we are going to have our eye on a couple of different role battles. And I say role battles as opposed to roster battles. I'm not talking about fighting for roster spots. I'm talking about fighting for your role on the team. And yesterday we kicked off our Clash of the Titans training camp battle series looking at the backup quarterback role. And we had some duh options, a maybe option, and some WTF options. And today we are going to take a look at the fourth wide receiver role, and I'm not just talking about the roster spot, I'm talking about the role within the offense, so we are going to have a couple of duh options, we're going to have a couple of maybe options, and then of course, we got a couple of WTF options in there as well. I'm going to be continuing this training camp preview and these Clash of the Titans roster battles throughout the next week leading up to training camp, so make sure that you are subscribed to the Locked on Titans podcast on Apple. Apple Podcasts, following on Spotify, streaming on Google Play, Stitcher, whatever platform you stream your podcast on, you can be locked into the Locked On Titans podcast there. Also, make sure you follow me on Twitter at Tic Tac Titans to get additional content, additional schedule updates, and make sure you're sending in those weekly mailbag questions that I will answer and review on Friday. dive into the second installment in our Clash of the Titans roster role series. Yesterday, as I mentioned, on Monday's show, we looked at the backup quarterback role. Today, we are going to look at the fourth wide receiver role. And I don't mean fourth wide receiver in terms of just on the depth chart, because you could pencil in a Khalif Raymond there as the fourth wide receiver on the depth chart, but I do believe that Khalif Raymond will be in the Khalif Raymond role if he is kept on the roster this year, but who is going to replace the recently departed Tajay Sharp? Last year for the Titans, Sharp had 25 catches, 329 yards, also had four touchdowns on the year, was a really solid red zone threat for Ryan Tannehill and somebody that he trusted to run precise routes who he could get the ball and have a catch. So who is going to fill that role for the Titans? Tajay Sharp played 44% of the offensive snaps last year. So we know about A.J. Brown. We know about Corey Davis. We know about Adam Humphreys in the slot, but that Tajay Sharp role will be important. There are injuries in football, especially with a limited offseason and an unusual training camp into preseason and the possibility of players testing positive for COVID-19. You're right roster depth will be all the more important this year than ever before. So let's take a look at our options. Right now, the Titans' top options, the duh options at this moment in time, are Cam Batson and Khalif Raymond. Both guys are undersized speedster wide receivers. It's clear that the Titans have a little bit of a type that they're looking for in this kind of receiver, but that before I jump into these players, it leads me into my general point. We're not just talking about the roster spot. We're talking about the role. In my opinion, Khalif Raymond 
and Cam Batson don't necessarily fill that Tajay Sharp role as a red zone option, a third down option, somebody who can play outside boundary receiver in the event of an injury. Uh, I don't really think Raymond or Batson fill that role. I think Raymond and Batson fill the role that we saw Khalif Raymond play last year for the Titans, where he played in eight games, had 22 kickoff returns, including punt and kickoffs, had nine catches, 170 yards, one touchdown, and of course, we can't forget the 45-yard touchdown catch in the playoffs against the Baltimore Ravens. I think Raymond would excel as a kick returner and the Titans' deep threat, maybe a little bit of a gadget player. But it is possible at this moment in time that they could give Khalif Raymond an increased role in the offense based on what he did last year and have him not only fill his role as the fourth wide receiver as the down-the-field speed threat, but also fill a little bit of that Tajay Sharp role as well. Now, I don't think Raymond as an undersized guy really fits that role perfectly, but if the Titans trust him and want to give more to him and put more on his plate, that could be a possible option. And we can't forget about Cam Batson, who the Titans re-signed as an exclusive rights free agent this offseason, even though he missed the entire 2019 year with an injury. That means the Titans clearly have faith in Batson. They see something in him. They wanted to bring him back onto the roster, onto the team, and get another look at him. He's a guy who could play in that Khalif Raymond role as an undersized speed receiver who can get downfield. Maybe he has a little bit more versatility to him in terms of a gadget player in the offense. Maybe that's one of the reasons the Titans are keeping him around. We will have to see at this moment in time. We do know that Batson is two years younger than Khalif Raymond. And in 2018, he played 11 games with the Titans, had eight catches for 82 yards, but only returned three punts in his kick return duties. So I would say Raymond has a little bit more versatility on special teams. Batson maybe has more upside as a pure receiver. We will see if either of them are thrusted into that role. But at this moment in time, in terms of the fourth most important wide receiver on the Titans in terms of snap percentage and in terms of role, right now the duh answers would be an an elevated promotion for a Batson or a Raymond or possibly both. The maybe options. Let's get into the maybe options here. And first off, you got to look at the wide receivers that were even behind Khalif Raymond last year for the Titans, but got an opportunity off the practice squad. And that is one, Cody Hollister. And he gives you a little bit more upside in terms of a pure boundary receiver, like I mentioned earlier, someone gets hurt, like Corey Davis, AJ Brown. You need a boundary receiver out that out there, not somebody who's five foot seven, five foot eight, a small guy. Well, Hollister is about six foot three, six foot four, a bigger guy. He played in five games for the Titans last year. Did play thirty six snaps on special teams, so maybe a little bit of versatility there. Had two catches for thirteen yards. So Hollister is a big bodied guy, and maybe that gives him a little bit of a natural edge over all of the other smaller guys that are going to be fighting for roster spots. Another smaller guy is Rashad Davis. You look at one game for the Titans, had one catch for 16 yards, only one snap on offense, made the most of it though, and got a catch. Had five snaps on special teams. He did have two punt returns for the Titans last year, so there's versatility there. But another small guy, speed guy who can help in the return game, like a Raymond and Batson, it's going to be an uphill climb for Davis to make the permanent roster when you have guys like Batson and Raymond who the team clearly seems more invested in. But then, after you look at somebody like Hollister and Davis, who could potentially fill that role, some other maybes. 
undrafted free agents. Now, this year especially, it's going to be harder for undrafted free agents to make rosters around the NFL, not just with the Titans, because of probably no preseason games and a limited uh, training camp and a limited offseason, so even more unlikely for these guys. But clearly, the Titans saw something that they liked. You look at two different types of guys. You got another smaller guy who's a speed threat in Mason Kinsey. Kinsey in college had... 65 catches, 1,200 plus yards, and 16 touchdowns in his final season. Throughout his career, he had 50 touchdowns and 3,000. 343 total yards in his time at Barry College, a small school in a lower division than Division One. But Kinsey was incredibly productive. We know John Robinson likes that, and he is a smaller, undersized speed guy. So if he finds a way to impress the Titans' front office and coaching staff more than a Raymond or Batson, he could take over that role, which in my opinion is the fifth wide receiver in terms of importance on the team. Maybe Kinsey can take over Adam Humphrey's role if he gets injured, and that would vault him up into that category. And then the last guy here that we are going to talk about is Christian Wilkerson from John Robinson's alma mater, Southeast Missouri. He was incredibly productive earlier in his career. He's a big body physical talent, about 6'1", 6'2", but he doesn't quite have the production you would look at from a Kinsey. He only had 138 catches for 2,142 yards 19 touchdowns in his entire college career and fell off due to injuries in the last two years in college, which is something that is concerning. But Wilkerson does have incredible talent, got an invite to training camp and maybe can impress and be that big boundary receiver that Tajay Sharp kind of was. He has a similar body type. Let's move into the WTF options, the off the beaten path options, the ones that would make you, I guess, scratch your head. It's something that I've been talking about a lot during the offseason, but right now, it's the least expected option of them all, and that is the Titans bringing in a free agent option to be that fourth most important wide receiver, that backup boundary wide receiver. You look at two free agent options in one Taylor Gabriel. He's played 83 games in his career, most recently with the Chicago Bears. 228 catches, 2,800 plus yards, 14 touchdowns. He only played in nine games last year due to injury, but in 2018, he had a career high in multiple categories and was as effective as he's been in his entire career. Not only could he give the Titans a speed threat, as he is, you know, kind of an undersized guy at five foot eight, but he could be a gadget player if the Titans decided to run more jet sweeps and more design runs to wide receivers and mix things up on offense. So that's something that Gabriel could add. And he's a veteran who could be counted on a little bit more than some of these younger options we talked about in the maybe category. Then the last option that we're going to discuss is probably the most controversial option of them all, but I think also has the most upside, and that is Josh. Gordon. Obviously, he's had his ups and downs with off-the-field issues throughout his career, but his talent is undeniable. In 63 games in his career, he's had 247 catches, 4,252 yards, and 20 touchdowns, including that phenomenal second year in the NFL where he led the NFL in receiving yards with over 1,600. Gordon could be the type of guy who comes in, finally lives up to his potential here as he's going into his age 30 season, 
And it's no secret that Corey Davis will probably be a free agent and be off the Titans next year. Let's say that the Titans revitalize Gordon's career like they did with somebody like Kenny Vaccaro. He comes in as a role player in that first year, elevates to a full-time starter for the Titans, and then you have a young guy like A.J. Brown on his rookie deal, and then you have a veteran like Josh Gordon who can balance out that youth. Maybe that's something that the Titans could look into if, in fact, they do not bring Jadavian Clowney in and use some of that Casey money that they freed up in the Jarrell trade. So those are the options that we would look at, like I said, not for the roster spots, but for that role, the actual roster role of that fourth most important wide receiver who's a backup boundary wide receiver and a red zone threat. How will the Titans address that role? We will see going into training camp, but those are the options that I think make the most sense from a duh, maybe, and WTF standpoint. Next, we are going to talk about mom Amy Adams Strunk and how she continues to revitalize this organization. To round out today's show, let's just show a little bit of love to our collective mom, the controlling owner of the Tennessee Titans, Amy Adams Strunk. So basically, since she took over the team, she's done a 180 with the franchise, maybe a a complete 360 with a different outfit on when you finally turn around and, and get back to the front. Either way, the Titans are a totally different organization now since she took over. We've seen a revitalization of the jerseys. We saw the draft that Nashville put on. We saw Amy Adams Trunk hire uh, John Robinson as the general manager, which eventually led to the hiring of Mike Rabel, which took a lot of guts to fire a coach who you know took the Titans to their first playoff win in over a decade. Tough for Amy Adams Trunk to make that call. Uh, we've seen her come out and be a voice for social justice when not a lot of owners in the NFL were doing that. The Titans have been very open about how they feel about current social issues. So there's a lot that Amy Adams Strunk has done recently. It's been very impressive. She's added to the front office in multiple ways. We saw some big hires earlier in the offseason. The Titans have some of the most highly coveted front office members as well. She's poured a lot of money into the team from a football standpoint and from a business standpoint. And we're seeing that even more now as the Titans have begun the expansion of St. Thomas Sports Park, which is the headquarters complex for the Titans. Obviously, at this time, what they're trying to do is get more people actually in the building in headquarters. It seems like they have had some employees spread out in the past to different facilities that they had to rent or lease and things like that. Jim Wyatt actually did an article on the entire renovations. I just want to read you a little bit of a portion from his article about the expansion here so you know exactly what the Titans are doing and how Amy Adams Strunk is putting her money where her mouth is and improving every aspect of of the Titans facilities of their organization and Wyatt had this to say optimizing the workspace of the coaching staff and players is a key goal in the new office building a revamped auditorium for all team meetings modernized meeting spaces for film study and a new draft room are among the items planned the improvements come following Adam Strunk's already completed renovations to the facility which include a new cafeteria weight room locker room training room and TV and radio studios I'm cutting back in with my analysis here so those are the things that I'm talking about and those appeal to players around the league players want to come play for the Tennessee Titans when you have those sort of facilities and those sort of improvements. Players see this stuff too. Agents see this stuff too and when they want their player to go a certain place or they want them to be taken care of, they know that they'll have the best of the best 
in Nashville. So that's important for the brand of the Titans organization going forward. Back into Wyatt's article, he had this to say as well. Also planned in the new development is a 2,000 square foot event space that leads out to a 2,300 square foot rooftop deck. While this space will be used for day-to-day staff functions, it will also serve as a key entertainment area for sponsors and other visitors to the facility. On the business side, the construction will allow the Titans to consolidate various departments that had been housed in multiple locations into the same building. Currently, the Titans lease additional space in Metro Center to accommodate growth and houses its ticket sales group at Nissan Stadium. The new space will bring the vast majority of its staff under one roof. In addition to functional workspace, a two-story 39,000 square foot parking garage will add over 100 parking spaces to the facility. End of quote. So right there, it's obvious all the improvements that Amy Adams Strunk is making. And right now, obviously, it's a financially uncertain time for a lot of people. So to continue to go through with these renovations and these expansions, it's just really impressive. And me personally, very thankful to have someone like Amy Adams Strunk running the Titans organization. But that is going to do it. For today's edition of the Locked on Titans podcast, we looked at the new developments from Tom Pelissero in regards to the negotiations over safety protocols between the players in the league and talked about the positive developments and the optimism that we have with training camp a week away. Then talked about one of the biggest training camp roster role battles in our Clash of the Titans series looking at the fourth wide receiver role and then just gave some love to Amy Adams Strunk as she deserves. So really appreciate you guys being here with me on the Locked on Titans podcast. Like I mentioned earlier in the show, make sure you subscribe to the podcast as I continue to get you guys ready for training camp coming up sooner and sooner each day, each passing minutes. So really excited for some Titans football right around the corner and I will be back with you guys tomorrow to break down more news, break down another roster role that is probably the most important on the offensive side of the ball. So make sure you are back with me tomorrow for that. But as always, I am your host, Tyler Rowland, and this was Locked on Titans.